Parvati Ekiji, Om Naganisha Ekiji, Om Shiva Shankar Ekiji, Om Saraswati Ekiji, Om Narayana Ekiji, Om Mavrakati Ekiji, Om Naganisha Ekiji, Om Saraswati Ekiji, Om Mavrakati Ekiji, Om Naganisha Ekiji, Om Shiva Shankar Ekiji, Om Saraswati Ekiji, Om Narayana Ekiji, Om Mavrakati Ekiji, Ejdi Ke Ashinagan Om Saraswati Ekiji. Hello lovely people and welcome to another episode of Quintessentially Queer. Yes, come on you sound effect. So, this time around we're going to do things a little bit differently. I will be alone this time and I will share with you some stories of one of my favorite places on earth, which is Ozora. For those of you that don't already know and are not familiar with the whole psychedelic um, scene, I guess, Ozora is a psychedelic tribe gathering in Hungary, uh, essentially a festival, uh, that happens every summer. It's uh, one of the biggest psychedelic festivals in the world, if I'm correct, and I think it's the biggest one in Europe. Boom is a little bit bigger in terms of, like, um, let's say, space, but uh, Zora definitely has more people. And a much better lineup, if you ask me. So, yes, I'm queer and I'm very femme and all that. But um, I genuinely do get a kick from being the only queen in a male, straight, cis-dominated environment. Like my two favorite uh, genres of music, and those that know me personally like already know how annoying I am with them, is literally metal and psychedelic, like psytrance. Um, Psytrance, I mean, well, no, psychedelic music, it doesn't necessarily mean only Psytrance, by the way, huh? There's psychedelic jazz, there's, like, psychedelic rock, there's, like, so many psychedelic, like, genres of music. But Psytrance, especially, is the one that most people associate when they hear raving. Um, and it's always the case that, like, I show up at a Psytrance rave and it's, like, the people in the front being, like, what the fuck, man, this faggot. And then just, like, I start dancing and they realize that, like, yeah, bitch, I actually want to be here even more than you do. So, like, what's up? And then it's, like, fine. But, like, the whole point of this psychedelic state of mind is that it brings out specific things and it unveils specific things. Like, even the word itself, like, psychedelic is derived from ancient Greek, basically, where it's on the one hand, psyche, uh, which is, like, soul, and then, on the, and then on the other hand, dilun, which means to reveal, basically, to manifest. So in this respect, like, even Citron's music, like, the whole point of it is that it gets you in such a trance because of this exact, like, repetitive tempo that the samples on top is what makes your soul, let's say, like, manifest and just be there, you know? But I've never encountered a level of psychedelic awareness as deep and as prominent as I have in Ozora. You know, so Zora uh, last time had like, I don't know, like 50,000 people or something that I was. It's like huge, guys. It's basically like a society, but in the forest. The first thing you encounter when you walk in are these two big pillars that say welcome to paradise. And it could not be more the case, like really, because like... Also, I don't know who of you actually went to Hungary, but if you have, then you know that it's not the easiest country to be in, especially as a tourist. 
especially as a queer tourist, like girl. Anyway, um, so on the way there, it's in where, where is it? Datbushta, I think. I don't know. I'm probably butchering the name of the village, but basically, it's like three hours away from Budapest, and um, you're you end up in this random as fucking village with a shit ton of other people that are just like lingering around the station with their hugest backpacks. You feel literally like a tribe. So once you go to the village, you see all the like really rough, let's say rural people that come to like pick you up with the with the random cars and actually asking you to pay them because they want to like make money off the people that go there, basically like the tourists. And it's very policed, by the way, as well. Huh? And so the fir- I remember one of the times I went. Uh, the police was telling us to, and Ozora tells us as well, kind of like to not really get taxis from the village because they're illegal, basically. So these people, like, um, got a taxi with one of them, uh, with one of the people that were there, and there were, like, five people in the car. (laughs) And the car just, like, sped off, like, so fast. And when they sped off, like, the back of the car just hit the road as well. And just the police obviously went and, like, arrested them, like, instantly. Because, I mean, I don't know. If they were so eager to go without the bus, let's say, to Azora, they might have potentially had something with them. You know what I mean? Um, but once you get there, you see this sign that says, Welcome to Paradise. And you're not really prepared for what's about to follow. Genuinely, though, I went, like I don't know how many times I went by now, but like every single time that I go, the more knowledgeable I am of the festival itself, the more I think that it's going to be easy for me. But, like, genuinely, the first three days, I'd like to say, are all, like, it's you essentially trying to shed the social predispositions which you have and you're taking with you. Essentially, it's getting more in touch and manifest with your soul and manifesting it, actually, in this psychedelic state of mind. You know, you go there and you take all these, like, behaviors of, like, well, I mean, I wasn't like that, but let's use as an example of like, oh my God, I don't want to be dirty. Or like, oh, look at what those people are doing. like, And all this bullshit that like you perform in your everyday life in society. And then you go there and you see that these things really, really don't fucking stand. And the fucked up thing, well, not fucked up. The really interesting thing about Ozora is that actually is a haven for people that want to explore. Obviously, you need to be a little bit more in touch with this whole like psychedelic uh, awareness to an extent, but it's not necessarily only for ravers. And that's why I love it so much, actually. My, my Azura buddy uh, is my friend Niata. Hey, bitch, what's up? Who was going to be here with me today, but she was working. So that's unfortunate because we could have shared a lot of nice stories together. But anyway, um, she doesn't like raving that much, as much as I do, at least. So she wakes up a lot earlier than I am, than I do. Goes to her, like, I don't know, workshops, does her thing in the morning. Then I wake up a little bit later, go and meet her. We party until, like, 1, 2, and then she goes to bed and I continue my night. So, literally, Ozora gives something for everyone. There's, like, five stages, I think, or something. There's the main stage. That's basically a huge as fucking tree of life slash mushroom that, like, I don't know... 3,000 people are dancing naked under. It's beautiful, guys. And that's usually side trance, mostly side trance. Then there's like the chill out dome. 
That's another wooden mushroom that people dance under with like beautiful visuals inside and like, you know, the psychedelic decorations that are like all um, uh, embroidered and shit and neon. Uh, and it's also like all sand. So after a while, you just see like this huge energetic orgy of people just dancing naked, throbbing to the beat and sand in the atmosphere. Oh, it's amazing. It's just fucking sick. Like really. Then there's the Pumpui stage. There's a bit more techno, a bit more... Ugh, I don't want to say deep house, because that makes it sound very trash. Even though it is a little bit trashy, not gonna lie. But it's about those heteros uh, that, like, wear, I don't know, palm tree, like, shirts, and think that they're, like, alternative because they listen to Tiesto or some shit, like, you know what I mean? And they're rolling us tits, like, on fucking X, and they're just like, yeah... You know, it's for those types of people, mostly. Even though it's super cute for lunchtime. You're there with your beer, super chill vibes, chill tunes. Like, it's cute. It's cute, but not too much, you know? Then there's Dragon's Nest. That's, like, the life stage, and that's where I am most of the time, to be honest. Because it's, like, mind-boggling seeing this type of music being produced live. It's beautiful, really. But beyond that, Ozora also has like uh, a gallery they have a maze there's a lake oh there's the what's the what's the abyss that's like another stage that's only ambient and only acoustic um there's workshops about making uh, like masks there's workshops that's about dancing there's yoga there's belly dancing like there's um talks there's all these things there's something literally for everyone then on top of that, as if that wasn't enough, like, they're the food. Oh, bitch. The fucking food. Oh, my God. Literally, best food I ever tried. Uh, and it's also, like, five euros for a big-ass fucking portion of, like, lentils with lavender or some shit like that. You know what I mean? And a pakora, which is, like, a good fucking meal, huh? You get full, and it's, like, proper food. Um... And as if that, that wasn't enough, there's also the cooking grove where you can actually go and there's cooking classes, which you eat the food after, obviously, and it's free. So you can basically just go with no money and just cook all day and actually feed yourself. And there's even a shrine that people leave their food at in case that someone wants to get a bite of something, you know what I mean? And that's also for free. It's genuinely like it's made in a way to accompany and accommodate your every need. I always say that, like, you don't have to do shit in Ozora. Ozora will just give you what you need. Like, really, though. Uh, I remember once when I was with my ex there. And there's also free tea, guys. There's free fucking tea. Oh, and you don't understand the importance of tea once you're in the middle of a fucking Hungarian forest that's cold at night and really hot in the morning. So, like, at night, you're like, oh, my God, yeah, it's great. I'll just be naked all day. And then it's like, bam, fucking raining as fuck. Anyway, I remember I was with my ex. And we were chilling at this, like, uh, wooden structure next to one of the stages. And um, we really could not be fucked to get up and go to the tea shack. So we're like, I really want some tea, but I cannot walk. And there's this guy that comes up to us with this, like, uh, waterproof thing and, like, a backpack, like a hunchback or something. He's like, hey, guys, so I'm selling some tea. You want some for, like, uh, 50 cents or something, like a euro? And we're like, you're selling tea? And actually, his hunchback was, like, just a huge thermos of, like, I don't know, like, seven liters of tea or some shit. 
So really, Ozona just essentially manifests everything that you fucking need. It's beautiful. And um, the one thing that basically um, I, surprises me every time is that when I go there in the beginning, um, you cannot fathom the fact that there's so many fucking people around. Like, really. And at every time, at the end, I'm always surprised with the capability of my brain to connect with all these people. It's literally beautiful. You you forget to even be afraid or, like, be conscious of, I mean, self-conscious. You know what I mean? In that bad way. You're just, like, fully aware of your own, like, I don't know, soul embodiment, I guess. Um, you reach a level of psychedelic awareness that's just kind of, like, beyond the norm, you know? There's five levels of, of psychedelic awareness, by the way. The first one, and obviously all these levels, like, they are triggered evidently by substances. However, you can reach these types of levels in terms of consciousness, going beyond the visual part of it, you know? The first level is when there's kind of like a melt high produced, where it enhances like your mood and your sensuality, pretty much. It's the communication between the right and the left um, hemisphere of the brain that undergoes subtle changes, both of them, basically. I mean, the communication between the two. And in this way, possibly like creating uh, this thing called synesthesia, which is an intermingling of like sensory perception. And that's when you perceive music a bit more vividly and you're starting to mix like imagery with like a direct emotional perception, pretty much. It's synesthesia is when like the stimulation of one of your sensory or cognitive pathways leads to an involuntary experience that, um, that goes on a deeper level, on a second one, let's say. So in the same respect, like, being in Ozora for, like, how many days creates this sort of synesthesia with everyone else around. You're there, and it's just present. And it's literally in the moment. It's beautiful. And then, okay, just to spell it out, let's go through all the levels. Then level two yeah, can only be reached with, like, I don't know, uh, weed or mushrooms, let's say, where you experience, like, mild visual effects, and when you close your eyelids, basically, you see patterns starting to emerge. It's like um, the normal thought filter that you have in your brain is bypassed, and it leads to more, like, abstract and creative thought patterns. It's a bit more stream of consciousness, let's say. And then you have all these, like, unconscious emotions coming out in the thoughts to bubble to the surface. And uh, this thing can be, like, used with uh, drugs, pretty much, if you want to talk visuals, you know. Then level three is achieved through, like, regular doses of, like, mushrooms or LSD, for example. And that's when you see that fractals are taking over the visual field. And there's, like... I don't know, warping patterns forming and this kaleidoscopic imagery essentially like being projected in the surface of your closed eyes or even with your open ones, but not that much, you know. Then you're like very sensitive to body energies and you feel them increasing within your own manifestation and you get this like profound insight into life or into experience, let's say. Now, whether that is valid or not, I mean, that's beyond the point because evidently if you're going through this, like, sensorium of, like, expression, then, of course, it's fucking valid. You're feeling it, you know? 
And, and that's when pretty much you get in this ecstatic trance type of thing, you know. And the intermingling of your senses with other people is more pronounced. And it, it becomes a little bit dissociative, at least. Then level four would be with strong doses of LSD, with a lot of mushrooms and peyote or mescaline or, or other ethnogens, basically, that uh, create like strong visual patterns and intense visions. And you have like a direct experience with astral spheres, pretty much. And time just dissolves completely. It's not a thing. And then with an open eye, basically, uh, physical objects can be seen as manifested and as condensed energy forms, pretty much. You, got, you have out-of-body experiences and you have like really strong spiritual visions and direct perceptions of wisdom that are like pretty much associated with like the people around you, but in the way that you manifest them, pretty much. And the last one, which is the most intense one, is the epicenter of the psychedelic state, which is the level five, pretty much. It's usually obtained with DMT, which is like the, you know, most direct one form of like psychedelic and out of body, like, you know what I mean? And with like really high doses of psilocybin or mescaline. This level is marked by a complete and absolute immersion in visions. And it's distinctly different in quality and what is experienced pretty much than the other ones. It can be seen as a little bit more of like an enlightened state of mind of psychedelic awareness. And you reach this kind of like nirvana and transcendence, pretty much. It's like you're in the eye of the storm, pretty much. It's like beautiful. And then you can even talk if you go to that level with like other dimensional beings uh, in, encountered within your own manifestation and with like pure and unmanifested energy that goes beyond the, um, the like, how can I say this? The like circus of life, you know, this like mundane everydayness. And uh, it's like you're being thrust in this void of an alternate dimension that's filled with intricate beings of bizarre quality, you know? It's like you're propelled in outer space with extreme speed and you, you like encapsulate the cosmic experience as embodied and as witnessed through your own creation of a star system, pretty much. You're traveling and experiencing like changing patterns that like are complicated in themselves, but they're also encountering other intelligent entities around. So in this type of like machine level of like embodiment and manifestation, you encounter things that range from whatever fantasy to humanoids to anything that you have inside you. You know, you attempt to communicate with a user of visual patterns that is yourself, but it's also outside of yourself. And that's what gives you the cues to continue within your journey and not. And honestly, if you compare these things with, like, psychedelic music, holy fucking shit. Like, honestly, though. However, we should also realize that no matter how aestheticized I make this sound right now with my language use, I should also warn and, share and say that I do not condone the abuse of drugs on any sort, for that matter of fact. I am, this right now is not me trying to, like, encourage people to use whatever, but it's essentially like sharing my own experience with a psychedelic festival. And uh, actually even yoga can get you to this level. Like one of the best, like, 
I don't know, meditational states that I reach is through Shavasana after doing Ashtanga. It's beautiful because I'm like a fucking hypervigilant bitch. So genuinely, this thing of just sitting down and letting your thoughts meditate and pass through you as a river, I just cannot do. So the only way to do that for me is if I actually exhaust my body to this extent where I have no other choice but to meditate. It's like the human flow of my own existence kind of like just traverses through my body with like each posture change and through each position. It's like really cool. And if you haven't done um, yoga by now, then honestly, what the fuck are you waiting for? So the first song, before I go into personal stories of Ozora, that I played for you guys. I hate the fact that I'm saying guys every time. I need to fucking like degender my own language. People, the first song that I played for you lovely people is called Shankara by Highlight Tribe. And this one, which is like really funny, but it's like also so good. This is so side trans, like a bit trashy, but then also very conscious of the fact that it is trashy. It's called Merlin and the Dragon by Minimal Criminal, one of my favorite DJs.
So, that was Merlin and the Dragon by Minimal Criminal. There's a very cool part of the song later on, which is why I said that it's trashy, but you should figure it out for your own. I'm not going to play the whole thing for you right now. So, yes, what I just said before um, sounds quite enlightened and very conscious. However, unfortunately, assholes are everywhere, even within the psychedelic community in itself. Um, so we went once with my friend and we met some Cypriots and like, girl, like, okay, Cypriots outside of their element, outside of their rock is like, is very obvious and very prominent, like genuinely though. So we were talking about Ozora in general and they were like asking our opinion and our experience and they was, this was like at the airport, like on the way there. So we ended up all sharing a taxi together because we, we landed quite late, whatever, long story. But I mean, they were asking what our experience was so far. This was like our third time going for us or whatever, and their first. And um, they were straight, obviously. So when we're talking in general, the, one of the guys is like to me, and uh, there are like a lot of girls there, and like, you know what I mean? Uh, basically, the guy wanted to fuck. And I'm kind of like, oh my god, yes, there's so many gorgeous girls there. Like, what the fuck? There's so many fairies with, like, purple dreads and, like, armpit hair. They're waiting for you. Evidently, I was, like, joking because they would never. And the guy, literally, though, had the audacity to say, armpit hair. What? Uh, yeah, the time is gone when we used to, like, pull them from the hair or sort of the caves. As a joke. And the motherfucker, t- like, meant it seriously. So, like, evidently, yes, reaching these levels of psychedelic awareness is very courageous and something that can genuinely, like, make your soul heal. And uh, I had one of those experiences, which I will share in a little bit, but not everyone looks at it like that. The psychedelic community and Citrons in general has this stigma of being quite superficial, well, I don't want to say superficial, but just druggy culture, basically. When honestly, though, um, I've done a lot of sober parties that are, like, psychedelic, not even drinking or anything, and I've had the best time ever, you know? Exactly because the music in itself and the people are so friendly that you don't really need anything beyond that. I um, started raving, in Cyprus, being such a small community, with the psychedelic community, basically, with the Citrons raves, as I think most people do in Cyprus anyway, because they're the most common ones and the most accessible ones, I guess. Um, And I remember in the beginning, I wasn't really... I didn't feel like um, I belonged there, and I felt very bad vibes from people. And I was like, fuck, man, they're homophobic. And it was like, that. that's where I went. But then I realized after a while that, like, bitch, it has nothing to do with homophobia. But it has to do with the fact that you're fucking pretentious. Like, why are you trying to turn out a look in the middle of a fucking field on a mountain? Like, why do you think you're better than people when it really, really is not about that? You know, reaching these types of psychedelic awareness and consciousness have nothing to do with your self-performativity and your, and your self-perception. Neither your behaviors. All it has to do is with, like, your energy. I always say this, but it's kind of like, if you smile, then the universe will smile back to you. 
But if you frown, then it will frown back. So it's an energy reciprocity that you try to perpetuate and, and essentially establish with the way you share things and the way you carry yourself within this like cosmic soup we call humanity and universe, you know? So it's like, don't be an asshole. Just don't do that to people. It's not cute. However, these things should be embodied and manifested. So I also always say, if you have to force something out, it's probably not a fart. So don't be your own toilet, babes. Like, you deserve better than that. So on that note, like, you're not going to reach this, like, transcendence by forcing yourself to have, like, a psychedelic experience or trying to go deeper if you're not ready to get to go there, you know? Actually, Ozora is what helped me a lot to become the bitch that I am today. Um, so, essentially, right, I had gone with my ex uh, one of the times, and then the uh, year following, I went with my friend. Um, me and my friend, we had some, like, distance put between us at the time for random things. So I genuinely was really thinking of cancelling my ticket and going. And she, when I told her, she told me why. And I explained that, like, girl, I'm going to this place that is quite dangerous. I mean, dangerous in quotation marks. Of, let's say, you know, being vulnerable. And where I was with my ex the previous year. So if I get to that point of consciousness and awareness that I cannot control anymore, I want to be with someone that I feel has my back. And I don't feel you do at this point. She proved me otherwise. So we ended up going at the festival in the end. So I didn't get that much sleep the first couple of days. And that's what fucks you up the most. Like, girl, do whatever the fuck you want, but, like, insomnia really is what, like, fucks you up in the end. So the third day, I was, uh, you know, medicated on one of those levels, basically, pretty much. And uh, I, by nighttime, I thought that I was like, okay. So I continued. So when I continued, pretty much... Uh, uh, my friend wanted to go back to the tent and didn't really want to party more with me. And I wasn't really okay with my sexuality at the time, by the way. It was uh, actually after that I came out, to be honest. But uh, I was partying, essentially. And at some point, I genuinely had like a full-on anxiety attack and psychosis, pretty much, when I was uh, alone in the main stage where there was, like, dark fucking sidetrans. Like, it doesn't get more, like, you know what I mean, intense than that, basically. So, out of everywhere, out of any, pretty much, like, out of nowhere, sorry, uh, I literally thought that everyone was speaking in Cypriot. I felt a bit like, I don't know who of you watched Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden, but there's a moment where they basically, like, smile, and their smiles are, like, really fucking scary. But anyway, so I saw everyone like that. I could only hear Cypriot. And I could basically, like, make all these, like, energetic connections and manifestations in terms of sound and image of um, my parents, essentially, not really, you know, accepting who I was. 
pretty much, which is me. Huh? It, I, my parents are lovely, uh, but it was my own like insecurity of being gay in this type of environment, you know? So I was literally running around like fucking crazy, hearing voices like a fucking lunatic. And uh, then after a while, when I left the festival, oh, by the way, lol. So when I told my friend Odysseus, who was one of my really good friends uh, about this, about the fact that I'm going alone, I mean, with my friend, and I want to party a lot, like, la, la, it's like to me, oh, shit, I see you at the Haven this year. The Haven is this place that uh, you go if you have a bad trip, basically. <laughs> and uh, they give, there's, like, psychologists there to talk to, and um, they give you electrolytes and, like, for example, like, psychedelic blockers to stop your trip, pretty much. So I pass by the Haven, and I hear, like, clapping in the back and I'm like ah. and I'm like oh my god I'm literally going crazy though so I end up going back to the tent and I'm sitting outside in the hammock and I'm like okay this is better it wasn't better the voices continued so I go in the tent and my friend fucking Nieta bitch Nieta's the mom of the group she's the bitch that will tell you what you need to hear she will tell you what to do and you will do it because she's right and she has this, like, biggest fucking, like, green eyes as well. Anyway, so Bitch was sleeping with her hands crossed over her chest like a fucking vampire, basically. So I'm looking at her, like, like sleeping like that, and I'm chewing tits, and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Should I, like, I don't know, is she breathing? Is she dead? And I was like, why would she be dead? And then I was basically just, like, thinking, like, would I kill her? And was having all these, like, really weird fucking dark thoughts. Not that I would, obviously. But like, you know, like your level is that, fr your mind is, is free on that level that you just kind of like go with whatever stream of consciousness you have. So I see that she's not dead, basically. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, why am I thinking like this? I really need to do yoga and to fucking detox myself. So I just pull the fucking yoga mat under our mattress and bitch wakes up like, and she just gets up. She looks at me like, George, I'm like, yes. Like, are you okay? What the fuck, man? With her big ass green eyes. I'm like, girl. I'm fine. I need to go do yoga like right now. So I just leave and I leave the festival and I go a bit outside. There's this really big fields of cornfield, basically like cornfields all around the festival. So I exit the festival and I see this tree of life with some tents around. And I'm like, yes, beautiful. I'm going to go do yoga here. So I'm there doing yoga. And at the point that I reached Shavasana, where finally my psychedelic awareness kind of like balanced a little bit out and smoothed out, the fucking 10 wakes up, it's like, dun, 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 and they start sightrooms again, and I'm like, no! It just jettisons me again, like into the bad trip, pretty much. So I'm like, shit. I take my shit, and I continue further into the forest. And I swear, this is a true fucking story. I wish I was making this shit up. So while I'm like following, basically, and I'm going deeper... I see this, like, trailer situation with um, some people. Like, there were gypsies. I don't know if, that, if that's politically incorrect to say, but, like, whatever. You know, that's what they were, I guess. So they look at me, and I look at them, and I'm like, fuck. And he looks at me, and he's like, Ozora? And I'm like, yeah, Ozora. And he's like, oh, Ozora. So he kind of, like, gestures me the dad to go close to them. And I sit down, and I see the children looking at me, like, sensing my energy, like, I'm the fucking devil. I'm like, damn, girl. 
So he gives me some water, then he offers me some food as if I could chew. And I was like, no, 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 thank you. I just can't. I cannot right now. So I gather my shit and I leave. And 1,200 micrograms were playing in the main stage. And they're like one of my favorite bands. And I'm like, girl, I can't miss them. So I go and I'm like literally dead on the hill of the main stage, watching the rave going on under me. And I'm smoking like um, hash basically. And there's this guy next to me, he's looking at me dead, and he's like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you want some water? Yeah, sure. So he gives me some water. Then he asks for a hit from my joint. And I'm like, yeah, dude, smoke, but please don't run. <laughs> like, I cannot run after you now. <laughs> so I give him some. And, and everything is cute, but I'm literally, like, in such a bad mental state that I was genuinely, like, ready to go back to the tent and tell my friends, like, yo, guys, I'm out. I'm going to go book a flight and go back to Cyprus at this point. So on the way back to the tent, when I made my decision to leave, I see this oasis. It's like palm trees. There's, like, some plants outside, some, like, whatever fabrics flowing. And I'm like, what the shit is this? So I go there and I see this bitch with literally purple dreadlocks. dreadlocks. She was like a fairy sitting there with her tits out, glitter everywhere. And I look at her and I'm like, hello. She's like, hi, would you like to join our workshop? And I'm like, what's your workshop about? It's Balinesian sound healing meditation. And I'm like, oh, that sounds like exactly what I need right now. So I go in and of course, the two like people that were doing the workshop, one was this like really hot, tall, blonde Viking, very side trans who was the mediator, and then the shaman, or the anyway, the, you know what I mean, master, was this like really hot Indian skinny dude with like curly hair and some dreads with nothing but a cloth around his dick. And they were basically playing all these instruments, like the, um, the sitar and the didgeridoo and the meditation bow and all these like really nice meditational anyway instruments. And they were guiding us through it. Long story short, by the end of the fucking workshop, I was like naked, sweating, like, and when they fucking played the gong in the end, and when they placed us in like the tantric position of Shavasana, like, and they played the fucking gong, <gasps> I was like reborn. It's like I detoxed my soul, bitch. I had to let out all of that energy. So I go back to the tent after 16 hours of a psychosis, completely gone. My friends were like, dude, what the fuck? Where were you? And I explained what happened, basically. And they're like, damn, girl, okay, you're crazy. But at that point, I wasn't going to leave. I was okay. So the, uh, that night, I passed the fuck out. I had such a nice sleep. But the day after, I agreed with my friend, basically, to take some psychedelics, pretty much. So we did. But when I did, I went back into a bad trip a little bit, like with the same thoughts. And they were all circling around my sexuality, pretty much. So Juno Reactor and the Mutant Theater were playing. So we go to the main stage. And um, while we were there, my friend was in the front dancing. And I was like, girl, I'm going to be here. So kind of like, if you need anything, come back to me. So I'm dancing there. Oh, and I looked amazing. I had on this like purple harem pants. <clears throat> I had this like purple harem pants on. It's like 
sweater situation, like just like falling off my shoulders. And this crop top with glitter. I looked like an oriental princess anyway. So while I'm dancing, there's this bitch trimming tits staring at me. And I look at her, and I'm like, what? And she looks at her, and she's like, oh, sorry, sorry. Looks the other way. So second time, the same. The third time, I was like, bitch, what? She's like, she comes up and she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, sorry to make you feel uncomfortable, but like, you're gorgeous. And the way you dance and what you're wearing. Oh, oh my God. You do this like oriental belly dance voguing thing. And I'm like, oh, oriental belly dance voguing thing? Like, what the fuck? That's exactly what I'm doing, actually. And keep in mind, at the time, I didn't really know how to like um, belly dance, pretty much. It was just like, yes, that's exactly what I'm doing, you know? So when she told me that, we became friends a little bit. We danced and that was cute. And then um, I go to the Chilo Dome with my friend to listen to Kaya Project live. Oh, that was the best fucking experience of my life, really. So basically, I got in a bad trip again. But I thought to myself, like, bitch, as a true artist does, the more negative you go, the more intense you should be dancing. So apparently, according to my friend, I was fully belly dancing, and I remember none of that, by the way. Zero consciousness over it. Uh, and I reached to that point where I was, like, dancing so intensely that I essentially told myself, like, that I'm not selfish. And at that moment, I was like, oh, wait, why did I say that on the climax of my bad trip, on the climax of my dancing? Like, why did I use the word selfish? Why would I be selfish? And I look around and I'm like, is it because I'm here and I'm doing what I'm doing, trying to reach all this, like, psychedelic awareness? No, there's so many people in the world that fucking do that. And if you're trivializing people's efforts to get in touch with their own psyche, then babe, joke's on you because the fucking cosmos includes you as well. Now, whether you want to be aware of it or not, or try to be aware of it or not. So that's not the point. What is it? Is it because of the choices that I make? I'm a good student. I haven't hurt people that much in my life. So why not? Probably not. Then I look at my clothes and I'm like, what? Is it because I'm gay? But I feel so comfortable with myself with the way that I am and like I feel like myself right now wearing this fucking glittery crop top and you know. Oh and keep in mind that the bad trip started with these two girls looking at me talking and again I thought they were speaking in Cypriot. So then I realized that like basically I've been conditioned throughout my life to believe that the fact that I am gay makes me selfish because if I was not gay and I would be doing and acting the way that people want me to act, that would not make me selfish. Basically, it would make me the opposite of selfish. But at the end of the day, I realized that, bitch, if you're asking me to conform to your own norms and your own predispositions of what a man is, of what a good human is, then I'm sorry, you're the one that's fucking selfish. Because guess what? You don't make the fucking cosmic rules for people to live their lives in. You are not the vessel that carries their own energy, neither are you their own execution. What you are is solely an observer on other people's becoming. So let people become. Now, whether that is through like trying to reach different levels of psychedelic awareness, now whether that is through drug use, through sex, through identity, through clothing, or through creation is beyond the fucking point. We're all just lost within this universe, trying to find 
our own fucking part of belonging one way or another. So please don't be so fucking hard on people. Especially on people that you feel you have power over just because they're gay, because they're women, because they're junkies, or whatever the fuck you think you have over them. And at that moment, I realized the power of my own perception and of my psychedelic awareness. And my bubble was just like, pop, it burst. So I felt like, bitch, okay, this is who I am. So fuck this shit, like. So I go up to the girls and I ask them in Cypriot, like, yeah, what, what did you say about me? And they're like, I'm sorry, we don't understand. And I, I say again in Cypriot, like, what did you say about me? Like, you were speaking about me now. Like, no, sorry, we don't understand your language. Like, do you speak English? I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. I thought you were speaking in Cypriot about me. And they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, we were speaking about you, but we're like really high on ecstasy and you're like really gorgeous. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. But they're like, but you're gay, no? And I'm like, yeah, girl. I was like, yeah, good for you. But kind of like, sorry, but you give us such a good trip with the way that you were dancing and how beautiful you are and with your clothing. We don't want you to stop or make you feel self-conscious. Like, and that's when I was like, bitch, what the fuck? It's, it starts from you. This like negative reciprocity starts from you. If you smile, the universe will smell back. Every single year in Ozora, whenever I would take out my fan, people would kind of like turn and look at me and I was like homophobia 101. So I just hit it. And I was like, you know what? This is the last stage. This is the final boss in my own coming out. So I take out the fan and I'm like, thwarp. And I start doing the fan and I see all the junkies starting to look at me, like coming closer and closer and closer and closer. And I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. And then they're like, please, please just fan us a little bit. And I'm like, oh my God, you're sweating. You're sweating and you want someone to give some fucking air to you because this is a rave. That's what's going on, bitch. No one gives a fuck about the fact that you're gay. It's just your own insecurity. And that's the moment I realized that like, People just want to connect. I mean, people should want to connect. But in general, people want to connect. So give yourself to people. It's beautiful to let yourself be vulnerable and show who you are. And the people that make you feel bad for who you are, fuck those people. Those people deserve to be treated as a fucking toilet because they can only deal with their shit, you know? So on that note, like, girl... Be hospitable to experience. Be eager to let yourself go in your own perceptions, essentially, of what it is you think you know. Because that's not really the way you, you know, create a bond with the people around you. The first time I went to Zora, there was this guy who I thought was, like, so annoying at the time, who was, I don't know, a bit high on whatever, I guess. And he was saying... Baby, stay connected, guys. Stay connected. Hey. And like, we would just talk about something random. And then he's like, because you know why? I'm like, why? Because you gotta stay connected. And he was saying it again and again and again and again. And I didn't understand what the fuck he was talking about. But then I realized that the one person you should connect with is with yourself. You know? Because the more connected you are with yourself and the more you try to connect with yourself, not saying that you will succeed, because obviously the core within this, you know what I mean, um, spiritual connection you have with your higher self cannot really be fulfilled ever. You will never reach full completion. But if you try, then you're bound to like go somewhere, you know, rather than just be complacent. There's one thing that I remember from Azora so vividly. First year that I went, and actually every year, 
there's this couple, this really tall guy with gray hair and his uh, partner who's this beautiful woman with like really, really long fluorescent red dreads. And they're both quite old. I mean, definitely above like 50. And they have this huge as joint, like huge. Oh my God, people, you don't understand. Like when I mean huge, I mean huge. They literally fold it in their finger and like smoking like... And there's like a cloud over them, like literally. And every single fucking year, I see them holding hands, just walking around the festival, smoking that biggest fucking joint that probably lasts for seven days. And I see them and I'm like, that's so more beautiful. That is such a beautiful thing to notice and witness and be around. Share fucking love, bitch. Doesn't cost you anything. It's not that hard to be a nice person, like really. The other thing that I, I will never forget from Ozora is this couple that I saw when I was sitting at the dragon's nest one day alone. And there was this really old guy, probably around, I don't know, 60 or some shit. Uh, okay, maybe I'm like just, uh, you know, <laughs> inflecting right now, inflating right now. Maybe he's not 60, whatever, but he was quite old with long white hair and dreads holding this like big ass fucking stick pretty much. Uh, who looked like a shaman with a top hat and you know, a vest, as you do, and like the psychedelic like waist pouch, uh, just standing there, like just on one spot, pumping his fist like in the air and just like dancing. And his partner around, who was this like young fairy from I don't know Ireland or Iceland, she was like super white. She literally looked like a forest fairy, with like blonde dreads and some ginger in there as well, just literally hopping around him. And I was looking at them and I'm like, these people, like, on the surface have nothing in common. They should not be together in norm circumstances. But some fucking energy in the universe and some power in the universe, like, brought these two people together. And it makes so much sense. And it's so beautiful to notice and witness. It's just like raw, pure energy of love, of connection and affection. You know what I mean? Of intimacy. So why would you not be a vessel for that intimacy of the universe to manifest through you? Like, why would you not do that? I don't understand. Why would you fucking live your life according to hatred and of negativity and of opposition? Don't do that. The only thing you should be opposed to is to opposition itself. Like, be open to things. Be open to experience. And openness has nothing to do with how many people you fuck, how many drugs you take, how um, eccentric you look. Openness has everything to do with how eager you are of learning and of changing and of gaining new experiences. So on that note, the reason I am thankful for fucking Ozora is for firstly showing me a different set of self that I had inside me so deep that's been traumatizing essentially and has been like bugging me for years that my small minded and small country could not basically hold anymore inside me. And on the other hand, showing me that there's the world is so big and so interesting and vast and intricate and complicated that even if you try to unveil it is the best thing you can do. You will never really reach that point of full transcendence because you're not a fucking god. However, forming like a bond and creating a family 
of 50,000 people, even if it is just for a week, is one of the most beautiful things you can do, especially if you're into this whole, like, you know, thing or that we call psychedelic awareness and consciousness. So on that note, I want to thank my family, you know, Zora. And I want to thank, obviously, like, my privileged ass for being able to go there and afford, like, a 150 euro ticket to get in. But beyond that, the only thing I can thank for is the universe for allowing me to be a small speckle within its own sand of beauty. So this is the end of our episode, my loves. Uh, this is Quintessentially Queer with your host, George Rallis, get once again. And you can follow my Facebook page under Quintessentially Queer and my Instagram with gravity underscore grave for a lot of new projects coming your way that I cannot unveil yet, but lots of beautiful things happening. So I'm sending my love and I will leave you with my favorite band in the entire fucking world, which is Kaya Project and their song Fire Dance. Much love.